So AJ, we're putting out Gateway Experience Wave 7. Um, this covers the focus areas from 21 through 27, as they're known in Monroe Institute parlance. Um, people, I think, have asked for them for a long time. As Bob Monroe's stepson, having grown up with him, can you shed a little bit of uh, background information as to what he was going through personally when he developed these focus levels and how that contributed to the program known as Lifeline at TMI, on which these exercises are based? Sure. Um, Lifeline is uh, what the Institute would consider to be a graduate workshop in the place where you have to begin with the gateway voyage and then you work your way up. And that, of course, has uh, um, an effect with the focus levels that you had talked about. Uh, during that particular time, uh, Bob was in, uh, in many arenas, if I could say, one of the most profound would be dealing with his wife, my mom's uh, dealing with cancer. And I think that within the context of that, um, the idea of being able to, uh, as he says, generate ongoing communication and relationships with other human minds active in other states of consciousness was something that he was really uh, involved with. Uh, number one being that it is, a, it is a, uh, an understandable progression of uh, actual waves of experience and going on to this new wave of being able to expand and voyage out into the world. And it also helped him sort of develop a, a constructive place such that um, there might be a place where he could meet up with Nancy, uh, my mother, um, after, after her transition. So he wanted to be able to create a new plateau for uh, gateway uh, voyagers, if you will. And he also wanted to be able to create an environment to where people could go and consider the thought that they have access to other energy systems and um, other beings that aren't part of this physical life system. Yeah. Um, thanks for that. And so in terms of um, how the timing worked, so Bob describes some of this process in his last book, Ultimate Journey, right, which is very much involved with the transition of your mom, Nancy. Yes. In terms of developing the focus levels themselves, is this something he was very involved in in uh, your mom's later days, or is it something that he really turned his attention to after she actually passed? Um, I think that... The, the first lifeline was in June of 91, I believe, and Bob didn't pass until 92. So these, um, as I said, I mean, it, it, it makes perfect sense that he would create lifeline and specificity for his relationship with his wife. But the reality of it is, too, is that um, this was uh, this was uh, something that he that he was already uh, very much involved with. Um, during this whole procedure, um, our mother's uh, uh, sickness was relatively protracted. So this was, this was um, in terms of the lifeline and her progression, a, a fairly long process. With that being said, I think that he was very instrumental in what the nature of those particular focus levels were 
and what they should sound like. Yeah. Um, and so after your mom passed, when Bob would do his personal journeying, let's say, uh, he, was pri he was primarily concerned with going to see her. Is that right? Yes. And there was, uh, uh, within the context of, of this particular wave, we talk about a park. And this park is a, is a meeting station, if you will. It's a, it's a congruence of, of particular energies associated with that transition. And so for a period of time, he was able to uh, meet and hang out with their, her there. And then after that period of time, what, what his experience was, was that she energetically folded back into that, that particular energy system that she was a part of, that she resonated with. And that's where uh, he talks about the nature of the belief system territories. Gotcha. So he would, he would actually go to see Nancy, your mom, in the park, um, which is the exercise that we introduce in uh, track four of this series. And so how, how long of a period of time was he able to actually go visit her in the, in the park for? I, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to say, I don't know to that. It was, it was relatively brief. Um, I think, I think um, within that particular, within that particular time if, to, to, to add to that, I would, I would suggest that my mother collected herself and, and continued on to where, uh, that, that she was supposed to be. And invariably, Bob did the same thing. Yeah, that's, that's interesting. So she was in the park for a period of time, and then she was kind of on to her next, her next assignment, her next sojourn, I guess. Yes. I mean, it's a, if you will, it's, it's, it's a next chapter. It's her next voyage. Um, if we are going to go to that place where we believe that we are more than our physical bodies, then you know, in fact, it is it is another chapter. It's just the fun puzzle for us to try to figure out what that is. That's that's interesting. Um, lots of other people report similar experiences, um, including myself. In the time after a loved one passes, there seems to be a window where they remain either close or you can visit them. And then all of a sudden something happens and it gets much tougher to um, make contact. Um, interesting. So in developing these focus levels, it, can you talk a bit about the process that Bob went through to say, okay, yeah, you know, this is 22 or this is 23, you know, all the way up through 27. Is there a story there? Um, I would, I would, I would say that it was incredibly subjective in terms of uh, I don't know if he could necessarily articulate what it is he was looking for. However, he would listen for it until he got it. Um, and so within, within the scheme of those particular things, I don't know if he went out with something very specific in terms of that. But I think that he went out and, um, and found and found what he was looking for in terms of it being representative of the appropriate state of awareness. Mm -hmm. And so we've stayed fairly true to the originals in producing this. You know, we've updated for some contemporary considerations owing to the technology available and um, people's sensibilities. Um, what do you think Bob would think about releasing these as commercial exercises, basically? 
I think I think that he would probably appreciate it. Um, back in back in the old days, he with a smile in his eye, he would say, "Oh, this stuff is too powerful to let out to the general public, and we need to sort of like um, allow people to listen to this in a controlled environment where they have." Uh, you know, a safe structure to, to listen to it in, and they've got um, wonderful instructors and facilitators that they can talk to about these particular experiences that they're having. And I, I, I say this with a smile on his eye because uh, in the place where he was a businessman, he wanted people to come to the Institute and sort of like this stuff is too powerful to go out in the public, but if you come here, you can listen to it. Of course, of course, nowadays it's a it's a lot different. Um, there are many binaural beat kitchens, if you will, out in the world that are that are professing to do outrageous stuff and making outrageous claims. And there, it's not like uh, it's not like there's not access to this particular kind of technology out there from others. Um, obviously, I don't think that they have the sophisticated recipe that we've been able to put together over the years. Uh, but with that being said, it's sort of like Bob wanted very much for this to get out into the world. I think to a certain extent, we have a more sophisticated audience. Um, I think that people that are generated to uh, be searchers in this particular kind of way uh, can really benefit from listening to it. So I, I think he would think it was a good idea. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we probably should say at this point that um, the Gateway Experience Series is meant to be done in sequence. We don't recommend that people jump in and just start doing Wave 7 without having done the prereqs. Um, we don't police it quite the way that we used to. There's too many people out there to keep track of. Um, but, um, yeah, so... Uh, please do do the exercises in sequence. And if if I could if I could mention uh, uh, an aside to that as well is is that within the context of all these gateways, um, if you want to if you want the depth filled experience, I would encourage you to read all of Bob's books. He's out of the body, far journeys, ultimate journey. Um, they really really help fill in any. Um, of these particular elements that you might might have questions about, um, and so you know, you know, specifically for this wave seven, um, the the ultimate journey would be a great uh, a great supplement read to go along with it because I think that you'll also find it stimulating to your activities uh, within the listening to the audio exercises. Mm -hmm. That's a great note, AJ. And so, how is it personally for you to voice these exercises? Um, it's, I, I, I feel like it's a privilege to be able to do. Um, I think that it's, it's, uh, I think that it's, it's, it's nice to be able to be familiar with these particular locales such that I can, um, talk about them and, um, uh, be a part of them in such a way that is familiar and safe. The other, the other part of this too is, is that, uh, you know, I want to be able to to do the whole uh, wave justice in the sense of being able to provide a uh, you know provide an environment that people feel safe in, and so it's an exercise in trying to um, stay out of the way so that people have their own experience, and that's the big thing about it. 
And I, like I said, I appreciate being able to do it because what happens is that within the context of the scripts and listening to all the audio pieces, parts of it, and remember old resonant tunings versus new resonant tunings and um, reminiscence of, of Bob and my mom. It, it was uh, kind of an interestingly bittersweet thing, but a, a wonderful project to participate. I can imagine. And, uh, you know, in working on this with you, I could tell that it really did come from your heart. Um, are there any relevant personal experiences that you've had in these locales that you'd like to talk about or? Well, I, I, I think, I think the thing that I would like to say about those particular locales is that, um, if you want to have some kind of spiritual transition articulation within your life, that it, you owe it to yourself to start creating these things. And what's really wonderful about this particular series is that Bob created these environments that are, um, designed to be comfortable and suited for the task at hand without any kind of dogmatic principles, without any kind of judgments, without um, any particular kind of strings for it. Um, so the idea of going to the park and, uh, and uh, the central station of, of it, if you will, it doesn't have any kind of um, connective tissue to it, to other things such that everybody can enjoy and create their own space in there. Um, I, I have like three places that I particularly like to go to. And jokingly, I kind of like, I, you know, it's sort of like the dog that cruises through town and, and checks out particular things as, as he moves through there. And so, you know, I have, a, I have a few places that, that I, that I created um, and uh, try to visit them fairly regularly. Um, one of them, one of them is an old farmhouse, and that particular farmhouse is oftentimes occupied by ancestors of mine. Um, I I also have uh, a, an airy, um, as in like an eagle airy, and I have a cave. And so those three particular spots uh, I use for for different for different. Uh, for different things, uh, they they within the context of of the building of the structure, if you will, um, they they remain and um, are kind of interestingly different when you go to them from time to time, especially if it's a while before you, before you go back to them. And uh, to to add comment to that, I would I would suggest that. You know, when you do create these and then you go to experience these states that you be sensitive to what you get from them. Um, a lot of times we talk about um, being in the experience or, or being in the presence of other souls. And sometimes you find out that they're aspects of your own self. So so it is a wonderful uh, journey in the sense of going outward and perhaps finding out a lot about yourself in the context. Of it. So. That's an show. What about you? I know that you've uh, taken a lifeline. Um, I actually have not taken lifeline. Um, oh. I've done the exercises, but uh, I do have a special place. Uh, my special place is a cafe. Um, there's a bridge that kind of connects over just like a river or a body of water that kind of leads up to it. Um, there's drinks there that I like to drink and there's books. Um, 
it's kind of the type of place that I like to hang out in. And do you meet people there? Yeah, people sometimes come up, but uh, really it's a place that I kind of like to, I, I'm fine being by myself in. Um, there might be people kind of moving about, but I'm not particularly um, dialed in or aware to what they're doing uh, necessarily. But um, yeah, just a place that I like to go to. I, I think it's really quite a good thing to do, uh, just in terms of the in terms of the constructs of it. I think it's I think it's a really nice thing to do because along the way you learn a lot about yourself. So. Yeah. Well, thanks for that, AJ. Um, and to all you folks listening, I hope that this was useful to you. And um, let us know if you have questions or comments in Wave 7. Bye for now.